0: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Welcome to Middle Church. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Jackie Lewis, senior minister, and if this is your very first time, we want to welcome you home. If you've been away, welcome back. How many of you is uh, having their first Middle Church in-person experience today? Yay! Welcome. We hope that it will be a blessing to you. You being here is a blessing to us, and we hope you'll come back and see us. Um, If you want to know more about Middle Church, our website is middlechurch.org. How many of you are having a first-time Middle experience online? (laughs) Let's turn and wave. We're so glad you're here. Thank you for finding us. Thank you for hanging out with us. Friends, it is the last Sunday in January, and I'm thinking we just took down our Christmas tree. Uh, Why why did this go so fast? I'm not sure. But we have had a tough start to January. Amen? It's been a little rough. So I'm wanting you to know that we've got some amazing music happening today. Um, I'm pretty sure my sermon's going to feel a little like I feel, which is all kinds of different funky ways. Funky ways, got to say that clearly. Um, But... We are here, we love each other, we are loved beyond imagination by a holy friend who is so close like air, like skin, knows all about us, knows all about all the things we feel. So you be you today, you do you today. Do you hear what I'm saying? Permission to bring with you everything you have today and put it in this place, on this bima, on this altar, in this sacred room, God's got you and we got you too. Amen? Amen. A couple of announcements to lift up. Um, One is that we're having self-care events. And the final one is for families today after worship. And um, Mira and uh, our team wants to make sure you stick around with your kiddos. And then there is one for queer folks tomorrow. Uh, In all of our diversity, we're trying to acknowledge that we sometimes just need a caucus, right? So please do hang out with the people um, that you... Uh, are, are kindred with. Um, secondly, Michael Livingston is preaching next week as we begin our Black, Black History Month celebrations. Michael is, uh, was my pastor when I was on seminary. We've been friends since I was five years old uh, for, for about 30 years now. And <laughs> you don't believe me. <laughs> you don't believe I could have a 30-year friendship? Or you don't believe? Oh, I see. OK, I got you. Uh, anyway. He'll be here uh, next week. Uh, special music, beautiful, beautiful Sunday planned. I'm gonna take some time off that day. I'll be worshiping online with John, who's having knee surgery. So, that, yeah, so you get a good friend to preach, you can take care of your fella. Um, on the 12th, we're doing a Black History Month talk back. It's gonna be fierce. On the 26th, we have artistic, artistic worship with Titus Burgess leading choirs. So all month long, five, Michael, Michael Livingston, I almost said Michael Jackson. The fifth, Michael Livingston, me preaching on the 12th, me preaching on the 19th with bad music, bad butt music from the choir, and the 26th, all kinds of black art. Are you with me? Okay. Christina Joy Fleming is getting ordained on the 26th at 2.30. People are like, who is she? She's our little one, grew up with us, was our director of communications. Um, and on the 14th of... February, we have a little love for our love cabaret happening. Look on the website and find out exactly where that is and how to get a ticket. Lori the Lori Beachman Theater. It's going to be hot. Take a breath with me. Let us prepare to continue to worship our God with our opening hymn. Our kiddos are in the house today. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna be giving you the message for all ages this morning. I'm so glad to be with you this morning. Whether you're in the pews with us at East End or if you're virtually with us, I'm so excited to hold space with you. It feels good to be with other people who love us, right? It feels good to be reminded that we're loved. And that's exactly what I want to talk about today about how important it is that we share love with each other, but also how important it is that we share love with ourselves. Have you ever thought about that before? How we tell each other that we love each other, how we tell maybe our friends or our family members or folks who care for us, I love you, and how good it probably feels for them to receive that. Have you ever thought about telling yourself that you love you? That's what I want to ask us to do this morning. This is something that you could do maybe when you're feeling sad or when you're feeling like, I really wish someone would tell me that they love me this morning or I really wish I could get a hug or an embrace. So this is something you could do when you wake up in the morning or maybe in the middle of the day. Maybe you're at school and something's happened and you can't quite reach somebody or maybe you're on the playground and you... You skint your knee and you need a little bit of a love moment. So this is something I'm gonna invite you to do with me this morning. And there's a couple of ways that we can do it. So whether you're sitting in the pew, whether you're at home, here's two ways that we can do this. It's a practice that you can do to love yourself in a moment when you really need to feel it. So you're gonna give yourself a hug and that could be with your arms, Or it could just be you closing your eyes and imagining yourself giving a hug. It could be either of those things. So I'm gonna invite you, if you feel comfortable, to close your eyes, imagine giving yourself a hug, or actually do it, if you're able. Give yourself a hug like this. Maybe it needs to be extra tight this morning, that's okay. It's your hug that you're giving yourself. Wrap your arms around and then when you take a breath in, I want you to think about this. I want you to say to yourself, I love you. Just say it to yourself when you breathe in. I love you. And when you breathe out, maybe think about these sad feelings or the or maybe the negative things that you might have heard in the day. And just breathe them out. So you breathe in, you'll go, I love you. And breathe out the bad thoughts, the negative thoughts, the things that might be holding you down. It's so important that we remind ourselves daily that we're loved to, that while we offer to everyone else love and care, that we don't forget to do it for ourselves too. So when you start to feel blue or maybe a little sad, I wanna invite you to do this practice, to think about the hug or to give yourself a hug and remind yourself That you are so loved, that God loves you, that we love you, and that you are a part of the world that makes it joyful. Sending all my love to you all. Have a wonderful week.
2: Morning, Middle Family. Morning. Please rise for a moment of prayer. Holy Creator God, we have been here before, so many times. Just this week, our country has suffered 11 mass shootings. And as if that isn't enough, we are again learning of the terrible circumstances in which a young black man was murdered by police. Holy God, you know, you know the pain, of fresh bruises on top of not yet healed bruising. The trauma and its intergenerational effects Interwoven as we are, you know we all feel these violent terrors upon the fabric of the global human community. Holy God, we cry out to you because it is what our soul needs. We pray because thoughts and prayers aren't enough. We pray because we need action. We need justice. We need healing. Today we lift up to you the precious life of Teray Nichols, a man who appreciated the beauty of the sunset. We pray for his family, for their pain to be heard, and for healing to come. We pray for the city of Memphis, and we pray for a world in which all black lives are safe. And today we also lift up the precious lives of all those lost in mass shootings in the last week in this country. And we especially lift up those in Monterey Park and Half Moon Bay. We pray for our Asian and Asian American siblings who are left reeling from this violence. We pray for mental health resources, for justice for farm workers, and for an end to dehumanization. And it is in our weeping, our shell shock, our numbness, that we remember too that this week, babies were born. We created art. We forgave and we were forgiven. We found healing and hope in solidarity. We laughed and we rejoiced in your holy presence and we fell in love. The sun rose and the sun set and it was beautiful. We are grateful with the mystery of your grace. Holy God, we lift up all of this to you in prayer, in words spoken aloud and silently in our hearts, our pain, our hunger, our need, our gratitude, and our joy. In the midst of all the events of this week, in your son's precious name, amen. Now let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us. You may use the version found in your bulletin or the version in the language of your heart. Ever loving and Lord holy Lord, God, be thy, be thy name. Thy name
3: your reign come
4: and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins.
2: Friends, family, guests, let us pass the peace that passes all understanding. Maybe this, maybe this. Peace be with you. Awesome.
0: Wow, John, that's beautiful, young folks. Woo! Thank you so much. Love's in need of love today, don't you know it's true? Amen. Um, when I was uh, getting to church this morning, I thought they're going to be there. I don't know which they, but they're going to be there. Faces that are familiar, that represent love. Faces that know what it's like to be like us. (laughs) New people coming to find a way to light and love. They're going to be there, and that made me feel so good. In a rough moment, you're here. And that's all I need to know is you will bring me peace and you will bring me love and we will live in a healed world at last, I say as I mess up some of the miserable lyrics. Listen now for a word of God from scripture. This is uh, Micah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 8, and I'm going to read from the message version and then I'll Um, give the last verse of it a couple of different translations because it'll be more familiar to you that way. Michael writes, listen now, listen to God. Take your stand in court. If you have a complaint, tell the mountains. Make your case to the hills. And now, mountains, hear God's case. Listen, Jewry earth for I am bringing charges against my people. I'm building a case against Israel. Dear people, how have I done you wrong? Have I burdened you? Worn you out? Answer, I delivered you from a bad life in Egypt. I paid a good price to get you out of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you and Aaron and Miriam to boot. Remember what Balak, king of Moab, tried to pull and how Balaam, son of Beor, turned the tables on him? Remember all those stories about Shittim and Gilgal? Keep all God's salvation stories fresh and present. And then the one says, how can I stand up before God and show proper respect to the high God? Should I bring an armload of offerings topped off with yearling calves? Would God be impressed with thousands of rams, with buckets and barrels of olive oil? Would God be moved if I sacrificed my firstborn child, my precious baby, to cancel my sin? No, but God has already made it plain how to live, what to do, what God is looking for in God's people. It's quite simple. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor, be compassionate and loyal in your love, and don't take yourself too seriously. (laughs) Take God seriously. You've heard it said differently, do justice, love mercy. And walk humbly with your God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. God, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And we ask as we seek to hear a word from you through the noise of our grief that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts will be acceptable in your sight, God, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. Micah says God has made it plain. God does not require sacrifice. God does not require ritual. God does not require, certainly, our firstborn children. God does not require any religiosity. God requires a changed life. God does not require any religiosity. (laughs) God requires a transformed life, a new life, a new way to be, a way to be in the world. It's so simple, Michael's saying. Do justice, and justice, he's saying, is not a thought, it's not a prayer, it's not a wish, it's not a sermon, it's not an essay, it's not a book. Justice is an action. It requires activity. It requires everyday behavior shifts, pointing in the direction of the world God is trying to create. Justice is behaving like God is doing what God is doing, and we're part of it. That's what Micah's saying. Walk, uh, Love mercy. The, the word for love is ahav. The word for mercy is chesed. When you put those two words together, they're modifying each other. Love in a merciful way. Love in a faithful way. Love in a loyal way. Love with everything you have. Love fiercely, we would say. Love justly. Do justice. Love like love matters, like it's everything. Love with every breath you take. Love all the time, like we would say, pray unceasingly. Love unceasingly. And not just like romantic kiss-kiss love, but Thileo love, friend love, I got you, I got your back love, and even more importantly, agape love, like unconditional love. My professor would have said the non-possessive delight in the particularity of the other. Do you like that? The non-possessive delight in the particularity of the other. When Michael's talking about this love, Micah's also talking about love directed here. A non-possessive delight in you. Loving your strangeness, holla, (laughs) thanks be to God, that's required of us, because I've been pretty strange lately. So love, do justice, love mercifully, love faithfully, and then walk humbly with your God, like walk close with God, but actually the Hebrew is really implying humility, like walk circumspectly with God. You're required as a Jewish person to like take a dead person to, the cemetery, take the body and bury it. You're required to accompany a bride to her marriage tent. And when you do that, you're supposed to do it not like, look at me, I'm doing the thing. <laughs> there is a humility required, a circumspectness required, a softness required, a my acts don't matterness required. I'm just walking in friendship. One writer said, in sinless friendship with God, doing the very best we can to be like God. Like when you're doing that marriage walk or walking down the aisle or dancing, how you got to be in step, that's what the Hebrew is implying. I'm stepping with God. So here it is. It's plain. It's not that hard. And the way this text reads, um, all of Micah has been for five chapters just slapping, you people have been bad you stank. you're terrible, you don't keep the law, you're not minding God, you're minding of your own business, get out of here, type of five chapters from Micah of you failed and you've not been faithful and God's not pleased. And then we get to this chapter and the, and Micah's saying God's not pleased but we can get pleased again. The covenant's been broken but we can repair. We haven't behaved, the, Israel had not behaved the way they were supposed to behave, but God was always throwing God's arms open they were saying you can come home like the welcoming dad to the prodigal son and come be with me let's fix it let's start over that's what this chapter is all about and so how 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 does it play out in the text it's like it's um they're in a court you heard that right the God and the people are in court making their case let's call it the supreme court because God's court is kind of more supreme, right, than the others. But they're making a case. I'm telling you, people, you have not shown up. And who's the judge and jury? The creation. Did you hear me read the mountains, the hills? The earth is the jury and the judge. Why? Because the acts of humankind have catastrophic consequences, not only on us, but on the whole world. The world, the earth, is the container in which we live and breathe and have our being. We're here on earth because God put us here on earth, and the stuff we do messes with the stuff, messes with the environment, messes with the rivers, messes with the air, messes with the souls and bodies of the people. Our violence, our violence is the stuff in this container called Earth. Why we're grieving today is because our humanness, when sad, when afraid, when hurting, when lost, when lonely, when just messed up, regresses to the earliest primal urges to subdue and kill our enemies. I say to subdue and kill our enemies. That's the animal part of us. Are you with me? And let us make no mistake. When we sit in this room mourning the deaths of our Chinese aunties and uncles, when we sit in this room mourning yet another crushed to the ground black man in police custody, we are mourning that the stuff of violence in the container doesn't just float loose, it gets inside of us, and we act on it. What makes Chinese aunties and uncles take a gun and shoot their own kid? I would suggest a container filled with anti-Chinese, anti-Asian hatred and violence and racism. How much of it can you take before you break? And if you have access to handguns, and you have a catastrophic psyche screwed up by the violence of the world, maybe that's the fruit. I was listening to Brittany Packett the other day, we know the root, and therefore we know the fruit. I'm talking about the root. The root of the violence is a nation shaped by violence. Remember when we were little? Well, I didn't like them, but people liked Westerns. I did not understand, but okay, my dad still likes Westerns. We have in this nation glorified, conquering and taking and stealing and shooting and walking in the middle of the road and pointing a gun and dueling. What in the living hell? The glorification of the violence that founds our nation can't help but get inside of those of us who have weak, fragile egos, and even all of us it can go inside of us. And when it's inside of us, sometimes it's directed inward as depression and rage, and we pollute our bodies. And sometimes it's directed outward at our partners and our children. And sometimes it's directed outward at our co-workers, damn it. And you go postal because you're so angry, so hurt, because the violence of the nation is inside our souls. Am I talking too fast? Are you feeling what I'm trying to say here? I'm not trying to make any excuses for any of this crap. I'm saying it's in the air. I'm saying it's in the soil. I'm saying it's in our DNA. And the only way to live the way Micah's describing is for us to be honest and tell the truth, because the truth is going to set us free. Don't act like we're shocked. Don't act like we're shocked that there's violence in America. When the founding fathers wrote violence in the Constitution, don't act like we're shocked. Don't act like we're shocked that there's violence in America when the, the evil twins of slavery and the Second Amendment, hear me, slavery, enslavement, and the evil twin of the Second Amendment, where a militia has the right to bear arms, and it's a militia, y'all. Read the Constitution. If you're not a militia, I don't know that you have that right. But Let's talk about that another time. But we need a militia to manage the enslaved people. And we need a militia to manage the ones who get free and get them back home. We needed the guns to manage the oppression of the marginalized. And we still use guns and policing to manage the marginalized. policing started out in colonial times as nice neighbors looking out for each other. Ben and I are going to put all these resources up for you. Be like, what is Jackie talking about? Article upon article I read this week. 16.36, 16.28. You watch, it. You watch the barn tonight, Paul, okay? I'm going to sleep. Okay, baby. Five or six volunteers watching the barn. That's how police started. There were none, none, none to protect, but your barn. By the time you get to the early 1800s, there's more property. Now you need a day day watch, not just a night watch. But it's still ad hoc and volunteers. But the more wealth, the more power, the more property, the property rich, wealthy people need somebody to watch their stuff. And the people gonna watch their stuff and protect them from the other. Who's the other? The indigenous people, the black people, the poor people. Come on, somebody. Then you need a whole operation to protect your stuff, sometimes, from the people you stole it from. Oh, no. If the legacy, I know, baby, if the legacy, <laughs> if, the, if the history, if the etymology, if the roots, of policing is property over people, violence over peace, force over conversation. That's how we end up where we are today. And that's where we are today. And if this nation continues to glorify violence, old Chinese uncles and aunties will pick up firearms and shoot other old Asian aunties and uncles, because we understand, we know, we become what we see. America has done a really good job of baptizing us all in the blood of each other. I couldn't watch the videos. I don't want to watch the video. My neighbor across the street got his behind whipped. I watched that when I was eight. And when I asked my daddy what had he done wrong, dad said he hadn't paid his parking ticket. We we know what this looks like. Traffic stops are the new broken window policing. Police are meant to intimidate communities of color. And black people, can get infected with white supremacy, too. Hear me when I say it. Let me say it again. Black people can feel derision toward poor black people. Those policemen did not care about beating the crap out of their little brother because they drunk some Kool-Aid. I didn't say all the black people drunk the Kool-Aid. I'm saying they drunk the Kool-Aid, and they did. Write me about it, yell at me if you want to. But if you're guarding whiteness, Whiteness is contagious. Did I say that? If you're guarding white supremacy, white supremacy will get up in your body. Because you just can't protect yourself from it. Okay, That's my analysis. So what? So if you don't think we need this kind of a community right here, where we are different from one another but here anyway, where we are all the races and all the ethnicities and all of the genders and all the sexualities, we need this love laboratory. I said a couple of weeks ago, and I'm saying again more than ever, we need a love laboratory where we're teaching our little ones how to be peaceable in a peaceful kingdom. How to have nonviolent communication, mommies and daddies, and learn how to do that at a young age. How we learn how to work through our stuff without... to guns, fists, knives, bullets, pop bottles, all the things that have become weapons, including social media, to kill the soul of each other. Come on. And this is not like a political conversation. This is a spiritual conversation. It's not a religious conversation, but it's a spiritual conversation. It's a will we do justice? Will we do acts of justice every day, every day? what we consume, what we write, what we read, how we behave with our neighbors, how we behave with our children, how we behave with our employees, our coworkers, acts of justice every day, everyday justice. Described in Fierce Love, can't tell you the whole chapter right now, but every day. What you vote, what lever you pull, what you write, do you know what I'm saying? What you wear, where you shop, what kind of toys you buy your little people, all of those are justice acts or injustice acts. How you use the word they, about the people that are like, like you and your children overhear it, that's an act of justice. How you secretly feel about queer people. Why are we always talking about queer? Why are we talking about black people? Acts of justice or injustice. Nothing in the middle. No, no gray area on justice. Are we gonna love ferociously, fiercely, unequivocally, Unabashedly, ridiculously, crazy love for our friends and our family. John and I had one of those men and women fights the other day. When we have one of those. You don't know what it is. He's an oldest child. I'm an oldest child. That could be it. we both consultants. We both think we're smart. <laughs> we be consulting on each other all day. You know, he's 14 years older than I am. I told your business. He's 14 years older than I am. He's, he's the oldest, oldest child. I think you've got something going on. Plus, he's white. Hello. He's white. And I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Oh my god. Poor John, John Jenka. When it gets to that neighborhood, when the other white men in my life have not listened, have not talked, have not asked the right questions, have pushed my buttons, have tried to talk over me, have tried to act like I'm not in charge. Oh, God, John and I could have it out about dishes on a day like that. These dishes. What happened with the dishes? What, what happened with the dishes? I don't know. Suddenly, psh, psh, psh. Then I'll be like, oh, baby, I'm sorry. That wasn't really about the dishes. That was about the white man over there, the dude, the so-and-so. He's like, stop rejecting. So, because he's a consultant. So, it's in all of us. I'm glad I can make you laugh. <laughs> it's in all of us. Um, To medicate myself this week, I chose not to drink a lot of wine. I have. I've done that before. But (laughs) last week, I did movies. And I watched everything, everywhere, all at once. I did that. I watched that. Yes. I watched that movie, and it made me jump for joy. I loved Michelle Yeoh's mommy-can-do-anything character that she became, I thought of it's almost like Taken. Like, you know, where Liam Neeson can just do everything to get the girl back? (laughs) This Chinese mother was the best mother, and she could do anything. She did anything. She did all the things, superpowers. and uh, You got to watch it. We got to watch each other's stuff. So we know what's happening. It's beautiful. And I, when I thought about the movie uh, toward the end, and she was, you know I'm not going to tell you, but it was like what was broken, she could fix. She was not going to let the machine, hear me, take her daughter. She was just not going to let the machine take her daughter. She was heroic, she was beautiful, she was fabulous, and she was not going to let the machine take her daughter. I don't want the machine to take our babies. We have to do, we have to do everything, everywhere, all at once. We have to battle powers and principalities all at once. As we celebrate our beautifulness, we have to be artists, um, um, Delaney prayed, even as we kick Injustice in the behind. We have to be mommies and daddies and caregivers even as we go to war, go to war with injustice. We will not be patient about acts of hate. No, we won't. We have to be dexterous. We have to be nimble. We have to be flexible. We have to be multi-talented and multi-vocal. Everything, everywhere, all at once toward just love. Period. I'm long. My black brothers, when they're preaching, they'd be like, in conclusion, they give you more 20 minutes. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to give you two more. <laughs> Only two. They'd be like, I'm long. And then another thing. I um, can't breathe. I can't breathe. I'm so upset. I'm so upset. There's no words. Uh, your, your, your clergy this week have been like, oh my god, just holding on to each other? We have no words. So we're holding on to you too. Sometime I feel like I just want to come and cuddle you and only say, it's OK, baby. So, so, so maybe for one second I'm going to say, it's OK, baby. It's OK. It's OK. It's OK to be mad. It's OK to be sad. It's OK to be frightened, young people. It's OK to be like worried. It's OK to think you don't know the answers, but what we have is love. We have God's love. We have each other's love. And we have a promise from the universe that it will repair itself. That's God's intention. That one day when the glory comes, it will be ours. So it's okay. It's okay to feel all the things you feel. And when you get through crying, let your grief be prophetic and get up. Get up when you get through crying, get up. And ask yourself, what am I going to do today? Get up. Get up and ask yourself, how can I make a difference? Get up. And ask yourself, what do I have to let go of? What biases are blocking my vision? Get up. And ask yourself what critical conversation you need to have the hardest one with the person you're most afraid of and have it get up. And stand up for love. Amen.
2: And let's
5: just <laughs> kick <Take> money. <laughs> we are so lucky at Middle Church to have Jackie. Yes, right. um, my name's Jennifer. I cook. My pronouns are she, her. And
6: my name's Miranda. My pronouns are she, her. You can take the mask. So... And I made a book. At the um, Kids Multicultural Book Festival um, about Middle Church. And I want to share a few parts.
5: Middle is strong. Middle is rich, not in money, but in power and love. (laughs)
6: Even when it burned, it was strong. No, it didn't fully burn.
5: Because the church itself is still there. It came back.
6: It's a place that's going to rock. Actually, it does rock a lot. Its music is great. Its love is great. It's great. But most of all, it's great because it has and is fighting for justice. Go middle. It is black, brown, white, adopted, multiracial, and more people.
5: Middle is loving.
6: It's amazing because it's middle, and middle is amazing. It will keep going
5: filled with love, happiness. And justice. Yay! MIDDLE's programs build the next generation of love warriors and artists and activists like my daughter Miranda and like all of us here. Your gifts of service and donations fuel this movement for liberation. Your active engagement with MIDDLE is vital to this work. So please become a member today. I joined in 2007. Go to middlechurch.org join to become a member and then be sure to sign up for a new members class so that we can get to know you better. I know that the more I engage and do at Middle, and the more my daughter is here, the better we are, the bigger our hearts are, and the more we become our best selves. Yeah.
6: Thank you for all you do and all you want to do. Oh yeah, sorry, one more thing.
5: And of course, please make a donation. If you can, scan the QR code on the screen for Venmo, or go to middlechurch.org slash donate to give online, and please consider a three-year pledge to Middle Rising campaign on the website so that Middle can become its best self. Thank you for all you do and that all you want to do and be. Go Middle!
4: I said, come ye
3: Creator, you gave of yourself so that we could live. God, you don't require us to give for you to love us, but we give of ourselves in these gifts, in our time, talents, and finances, even in our grief, lament, and our joy. We give because we are faithful to your calling for us all to flourish. May these gifts be used to do justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly, all to make possible your kingdom here on earth. Amen. Amen. You remain standing for the closing
0: I like the multiple talented stuff in the choir. <laughs> Finance dude, singing dude, singing songwriting dude, on the board, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> John, you have such a beautiful voice. You? Thank you, John. Tina, thanks for conducting so John could do that. And thank you, younger than me, people. that will. To act justly requires love. To love mercifully is the only way to love. To walk close with God is how we're going to love. So this is about love, baby. Just love, period. Just love, period. It's not easy, but it's right. So please go in the weak with all your stuff, hold on to it. It's you. But lean into love. Lean into loving. The hardest, most beautiful way of all. I love you so much. I'm glad you're here. Bye. <laughs>